It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. And you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what this is. This is the one and only D-O-Double-G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and Sports, hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, say what's happening, man? It's CIP, man. Hi, this is Jill Scott. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant, radio. And you, and you, I I don't know where to start, all my homies are gone Before I look up on the curve, before my heart out on the song Should I say peace? You're locked into the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, July 3rd I'm Donald Ware, and we got this thing rocking and rolling We're going to be off tomorrow it is the 4th of July. I want you to have a great and safe 4th of July and a great weekend, and we'll catch you back uh, up with you on Monday. Well, let's take things to Nashville now, and we're going to be joined by a head coach in his 11th season at Tennessee State. And the uh, Tigers, of course, um, uh, there in the OVC uh, had an excellent recruiting class uh, as they typically do, as Rod Reed joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. What's going on, Coach Reed? Good morning, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing. I'm doing great, and hope you're you're safe. And, you know, I, I got to start here. Like, you know, I, I've really seen you growing on social media, and uh, you know, you have. And by the way, happy uh, uh, belated anniversary uh, uh, to you and, and your wife. Um, but I, I really just see you on social media. Now, I, I knew that he played football, and he's very good at that uh, as well. You know, just, just so I, I don't know where I've been. I don't know why I didn't know that, but kind of, kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of talk about that. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a two sport star. Yeah, he, uh, he actually plays three sports uh, football, basketball, and baseball, with uh, basketball probably being his favorite. But, you know, he has emerged as a pretty good quarterback. Uh, he started for his uh, varsity team as a freshman this year, and uh, uh, yeah, I think after about the fourth game, and they ended up in the state championship game, losing to Macaulay out of Chattanooga. But I was real proud of the efforts that they gave, and you know how he performed this year, he did really good. And uh, yeah, he was also a, uh, like I said, in basketball, he was a all-region player, first-team all-region player in basketball as a true freshman. So I say true freshman uh, as a freshman in high school, so uh, he, he excelled in both sports. He was doing pretty good in baseball, but the season got cut short uh, there. They only played, I think, two games. So, uh, you know, I, I think going forward, you know, he'll probably have to kind of narrow it down to two. But, again, he's just a sophomore having fun right now. And he's excelled in all three sports, so we're pretty proud of him. Yeah, what's his best sport? Um, he thinks basketball is. I think I think basketball is is his best sport too. But you know, he had a really good year of football, and he's been invited uh, to some really uh, prestigious camps in football over the summer. I think that's why we're here in Atlanta now uh, to do to do one uh, on today. But uh, so we'll we'll see that 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 yet yeah, that remains to be seen. 
but uh, he's excelled in both, and he has offers, Division One offers in both in two sports right now: football and basketball. Already? Yeah, he's yeah. great. He's now. Does he? Okay, I got. Does he have an offer from Tennessee State? He does. He has a standing <laughs> offer from Tennessee State every morning he wakes up. <laughs> Love it that the voice. And he does have one in basketball from Tennessee State. Coach Collins offered him in basketball uh, at Tennessee State. But you know, and you and I were talking. You know, a, a, a couple of days ago, and you mentioned the fact, and I said, I, I kidded you a little bit. I said, he's coming to Tennessee State, right? But for you, I mean, you, you're you one that believes that, you know, hey, I went to Tennessee State. It's my alma mater, but you should go where you want to go. Right. And it's tough, man. You know, I watched uh, I watched uh, uh, Brent Stockstill. You know, he ended up playing up at Middle Tennessee for his dad for four years and did a heck of a job. But, uh, again, that'll be something uh, that that's going to be his decision. I know he'll have a lot of options if he keeps progressing the way he's uh, progressing right now. He'll have a whole lot of options. and uh, But Tennessee State is always going to be one of those. Yeah, for you, and, of course, we're joined by Rod Reed, the head football coach uh, at Tennessee State in his 11th season here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I, I You know, I've asked this question to all of the coaches. Uh, for you, speak to how you've – and your staff have been able to interact uh, with your student athletes during this COVID nineteen pandemic. Man, it's been tough, but you know, with the with the uh, with technology and, and you know Zoom and you know Microsoft Teams and all that stuff that they have out there, uh, we we meet regularly with our guys. But you know that kind of gets a little stale after about the first three weeks of it. Uh, you know, uh, we, we, we've done an install. Uh, you know, we have individual position meetings. We have team meetings. But what we've also done is on uh, we have what we call Motivation Mondays. And man, I mean, last week we had Joe 747 Adams come on to talk to the guys. Nice. Uh, you know, we've had Dominique Rogers Kermani, Anthony Levine. Uh, we had the 90, uh, 99 championship team come on and share with the guys, you know, just to kind of keep it interesting. And uh, our, our kids have really responded to that. You know, we get more on the calls on Mondays than we do on anything. But, not nah, <laughs> but uh, you right. know, we have to be creative, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, it, it's brushed me up a little bit on a little technology, sharing screens and stuff like that and, and, and things of that nature. But uh, uh, we've, we've tried to do the best we could with it. Or we're due to get our guys back on uh, July the 6th. That'll be a welcome sight. We haven't seen them since March the 13th. So, uh, we're really excited to get our guys back. But, you know, safety is, is the biggest uh, key for us right now, making sure we're doing things and we have a proper cr- protocol for bringing them back, make sure they've been tested. Uh, before they leave home, we're going to test them again uh, when they get here on the 6th. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have them in some single rooms to start off with uh, for the uh, summer access stuff. So it's uh, it's a challenge, but, uh, you know, we got to be up for it. You mentioned DRC. You mentioned Anthony Levine. What is it? I look at another recruiting class. I mean, you have just another top recruiting class. Uh, we had you ranked at, at number two. How do having those, and even more specifically to me, the legacy of Tennessee State, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, John Merritt and, you you know, Ed Tall Jones and all of these guys and guys that you have in, in, in the Hall of Fame. How, along with the current players in the National Football League, help you in terms of recruiting? It helps a lot. I mean, you know, uh, you know, with the parents, a lot of the parents that, that, you know, when you go into the home and you start talking about the Richard Dents and the Two Talls, 
you know, you reach the grandparents and the parents on some of these kids, and, you know, they can identify with uh, TSU in that way. But then you all start talking about the uh, Anthony LeVay's, the the DRCs, and then, you know, we just had Latavia Simmons and Chris Rowland, uh, guys that are uh, going to be on NFL rosters this year, we believe. So uh, it really helps. You know, you got Robert Myers that was drafted in here, Kadeem Edwards, Demetrius Rainey. All of those guys are recent guys, and those are things that are tangible to uh, these young athletes. They can see it. And, you know, every athlete's ultimate goal pretty much if they come to play college ball is to make it to the le- next level. And uh, we've done a really good job of playing at a high level and, uh you know, create a, a, a good atmosphere here at Tennessee State. It's a great city uh, to play ball in. And, you know, we, we're, we're producing guys that go to the next level. So, uh, you know, that's what kids want to see. They're graduating and uh, getting those opportunities, and, and that's important here. Uh, so uh, we we preach a family atmosphere. You know, our guys, you know, I was on the phone with Dominique yesterday. Uh, Levine is in Nashville today. Uh, you know, doing some things around the city. So uh, we stay. We're a very close knit group, man. We we uh, uh, we preach that, and that's what kids are coming into. That's what kind of environment they're going to come into. Somebody to care about them as a person, not just a football player. Yeah, no question. You know, the Claude Humphreys of the world, and so on. You know, it, it, you mentioned Simmons, player drafted. Uh, out of an HBCU into the National Football League, it's becoming an unfortunate trend. As a matter of fact, when I go back, I, I can't remember if it was 2013 or 14, the only offensive lineman uh, into the National Football League. Where we are in terms of a lot of what we're seeing with protests and such, have you seen, at least from a Tennessee State perspective, that uh, maybe even looking in the future that we may see more top athletes coming to HBCUs and maybe more specifically Tennessee State? You know, I'm hoping so, but it's going to come down to dollars and cents. You know, we all talk about it. You know, it's going to have to be somebody who's really socially aware uh, that's going to have to pass up on some things economically, you know, to to attend the HBCU because right now, you know, when you start looking at the the Alabamas of the world, LSUs and the Floridas and whatnot, you know, at at Clemson, you know, you can slide down a a slide into the locker room and, you know, you got an 18-inch flat screen in your locker and things like that. We haven't gotten to that point yet. Our facilities are good, but, you know, uh, these kids are of the ESPN area. You know, what they can see, what they can touch, what they can feel is is pretty much what's what's important to them. But I think – you know, the social aspect will start to come into play. I think that we can offer these kids the same kind of deal, uh, you know, academically and athletically that they're getting somewhere else. I mean, it shows with our guys that are NFL players. Uh, it shows with our guys. And I think that they were headed in the right direction this year with that HBCU combine, but unfortunately, you know, it was canceled by the COVID, uh, COVID-19 situation. But uh and, and a lot of our kids didn't get to go to the NFL rookie mini camps, which we'd have probably had probably four or five more kids that would have been on, uh, you know, signed free agent contracts had they had that. So, uh, uh, but, you know, socially, I think that, uh, you know, the more these kids become socially aware, uh, there could be a trend. And, and it's got to start with uh, one or two uh, big names doing it. I think if that happens, then you could see a, a trickle-down effect. What your thoughts? Uh, you were at Bethune Cookman, you know, at one time. Bethune Cookman, the latest to now leave uh, the MEAC to to join um, the SWAC. That means three three schools in this year. In the last three three or four months, will leave um, to join 
uh, the swag. Uh, you know, I even a couple of weeks ago talked about a, you know, sort of would it, an idea of a super conference, perhaps at the FBS level with some of the top teams, which would include uh, Tennessee State. I mean, y- your thoughts, first of all, on maybe Bethune Cookman leaving uh, to go to the SWAC. And then a lot of talk is a lot of people have been talking about Tennessee State and and its status in the OVC and perhaps maybe joining the Swacker and whatnot. Y- your thoughts on that as well. Well, you ain't gonna get me in uh, in that trap of talking about the swag. That's above my pay grade with Tennessee State. But uh, you know, I have uh, I have a talk with uh, Lynn Thompson down at Bethune uh, just you know a couple of days before they announced, and you know, just talking to him. Uh, you know, uh, I, I knew that it was uh, probably in the hands of the trustees, and that's that's common knowledge. You know, that was. Uh, that was, you know, in all the reports that were shown on social media. But, you know, when you look at the the, the MEAC is an elongated conference, and I say that because, you know, you got Bethune, you got FAMU, and it goes all the way up to, you know, Baltimore, uh, uh, Norfolk State. State. You know, it, it, everything is up north there. And when you start looking at dollars and cents and where we are uh, in the climate that we're in, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, what their travel situation will be in in the SWAC or what division will be in. I, but I know, you know, when when people of, of power start looking at things like that and it comes down to money, uh, I, I think that's what it probably came down to because, you know, the travel is brutal in the MEAC. You know, uh, you, know you, you probably got to get about two or three flights a year if you're Bethune, you know, and you're talking about chartering two or three times a year and, and – I don't know that that we as a uh, HBU generate that much uh, income, you know, especially if you don't have those uh, FBS games every year. But I know that Lynn Thompson did a tremendous job at Bethune Cookman, and uh, uh, as the athletic director, and it, that's been a dominant team uh, in the MEAC for years. And I know it's going to hurt them, the MEAC, getting them getting out of the MEAC, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Bethune will have just as much success. Uh, in the swag as they did in MEAC, but uh, it is uh it's it's uh it's a little it's a little uh, uneasy, you know, watching all this stuff happen, you know, to one of the uh, really good conferences, HBCU conferences out there. Yeah, that the voice of Rod Reed again in his 11th season as the head football coach at Tennessee State joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Your thoughts on last season, Coach Reed? Your team went uh, a three and nine, but ended the season with a victory. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just couldn't stay healthy last year. That's been our MO for the last two years. Uh, I, th- I think we, we started out uh, last year, she had started middle linebacker. Uh, we lost our two starting secondary guys, uh, two corners for about six weeks, and it was just brutal. We lost our start, two starting quarterbacks. You know, Cam did a heck of a job, but Cam was third on the roster at quarterback for us uh, last year. And, uh, you know, uh, we're fortunate to have Chris. You know, Chris pulled a hamstring in the, uh, and I think the Tennessee Tech game, and he was able to play EIU. So we were just banged up, man. And I, I think we played um, uh, without 17 starters in about six of our games last year. So uh, we, we're healthy this year. We got a really good strength coach. Uh, you know, our unknown is the quarterback spot. You know, David Johnson and Octavius Battle, and then we got a freshman, Edwin Rhodes, and uh, uh, Robert Covington's little brother, Davion Bryant, is, is one of our quarterbacks hmm. on our roster. So we got a real quarterback uh, battle that's going to happen, 
you know, whenever this thing takes back off, uh, we didn't get to get a spring. We got two days of spring ball in. We saw some good things out of a couple of those guys there. But uh, I think, uh, you know, up front on the offense and defensive lines, we're really good. Uh, you know, in the secondary and at our skill position, even um, and uh, Chris Rowland, we feel like we got some guys that, that can kind of fill in. Nobody's going to be those guys, but we, we got some really good guys, I think, coming back. Had a really good recruiting class, so we're excited. Yeah. How does You mentioned Nubo, who was really, really good, but how does not having a guy like Roland, a dynamic player that uh, not only can catch the football, <laughs> made some carries, even played a little quarterback for you a little bit, you know, a dynamic does it. It doesn't change it a whole lot. You know, we got a guy named Daron Johnson, uh, uh, a freshman. He played a little last year, but he's from Springfield, Tennessee. We st- we feel uh, that he has some of the same capabilities that Chris Rowland had. And, uh, you know, we're really excited about, you know, getting the ball in his hands. And then Deshaun Davis is a kid out of the North Florida area. Uh, that that uh, I, we think is comparable to New Bowl. And, and then, you know, we had a couple of guys. Jatavius Harris is a transfer kid that got hurt last year to transfer from Louisville. Is this long, speedy guy, uh, you know, out there. So we got a couple of guys out there we feel, you know, by committee can uh, make up the gaps that we're going to lose <laughs> with uh, New Bowl and Chris Rowland. Yeah, I know, obviously, the uh, defensively, what, what do you look like there? Who are some of the guys that we can look out for? You know, defensively, uh, I think, you know, Nick Harper Jr. Uh, is, you know, the son of former NFL player Nick Harper. He he started at, at corner for us last year, had a really good season. He's a preseason pick from what I just saw uh, with this Hero Sports deal for all conference. But he had a good year last year in the secondary. He'll be one of the guys back there uh, that we'll depend on. And, uh, you know, at safety, Josh Green, we moved him to safety last year from corner because of injuries, and he ended up being a freshman All-American at safety. So, uh, you know, those two guys will, will be back there in the secondary for us. Larry Will Hoyt, if he can stay healthy in the secondary, I uh, feel good about him. You know, at the other corner, Dom Williams, he was one of those guys that I told you got hurt and missed five or six games last year. But Dom is a transfer from Kentucky, a really good cover skill, a good closing skill on the ball. Uh, and then at um, at um, defensive line, we're deep there on the defensive line. We feel like uh, you know, our, our you know first two defensive lines can go out there and play it without a drop off right there. And then that linebacker, I uh, got a little uh, bad news the other day about Deshaun Bryant. He had a really bad break of his arm uh, last year. We feel like he could be one of those guys that would be a defensive player of the year candidate. But uh, he may not be back, you know, until probably three or four weeks. Uh, into the season because uh, that that break that he had was really significant and we just want to give it time to heal. But you know we got some young guys: uh, James Green, Solomon Bridgman, uh, Nile Love, uh, Makai Joseph. You know we got about five or six linebackers: uh, Terry Strader, who played a lot last year, uh, that that we feel can get the job done there. So I think we're solid and got good depth on both sides of the ball. Uh, we just got to make sure that that you know that we stay injury free. And we do everything we can in our power to stay healthy because, you know, the old saying, we hell when we well. But, you know, you can't make the club in the tub. <laughs> we were the only team in our conference, I think, to beat uh, Austin P last year. And they won the conference and went uh, three rounds in the playoffs. So, uh, and we were, we were that was one of the games where we, we was able to piece together 
uh, a pretty good team to put on the field. So uh, we can stay healthy. I feel real good about our chances. You know, I'm not sure how your kicker, Antonio Zita, does not make first team all OVC. I mean, I do know one thing. He was 20 of 24 for field goals. He led FCS, you know, in field goals. Talk about him. He, he comes back for you also. Nah, unfortunately, Zita transferred, man, and, ah. you know, he felt kind of the same way. You know, he was doing all this, and I'm not getting recognized for it, and, you know, I, I you know, I wasn't sure how he didn't make it. Uh, I was kind of, you know, I, I was upset about that. Uh, so uh, he ended up transferring, man, and, and, you know, lost a good one, but we just signed a kid uh, yesterday, uh, Jimmy Lowry, out of uh, transfer from Northern Illinois, uh, out of uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, you know, we feel really good about him. And, you know, Caleb Mosley, uh, I think uh, he was a preseason by this Hero Sports punter. And Caleb is a dual guy. He can kick field goals too. But we hated losing Zeta. Uh, he's a really good player for us, man. And, uh, you know, he had a big future. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, getting snubbed like that, I'm not saying that's the total reason why he left, but I know that that was some of, the, that was some of his concerns uh, that, that, you know, gotten. Uh, last year, he did voice that with me, but you know he'll be fine. Uh, he'll kick well wherever he goes, and uh, we feel like we got a very good kid in this uh, Lowry kid uh, that we just picked up the other day. So uh, we're excited about that too. Yeah, yes, that's 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 a tough deal, no question. Uh, your schedule, how's that looking? Is it sort of in flux? What and I, and I know obviously that the Southern Heritage Classic, unfortunately. Um, has been canceled for this year, but how, how's sort of your schedule looking as we stand right now? Yeah, right now we don't have two two uh, two opponents for the first test, so you know with things that have been happening in D two, you know Morehouse just canceled this its football season the other day, so right now uh, you know if I was preparing, I'd be preparing for Jacksonville State week four, uh, but you know I know that Dr. Allen is working his tail off to try to get. Uh, some games in where we lost those two classics, and that that's you know stuff that's beyond our control. Uh, anytime those games are in the hands of, of promoters and and other you know third party deals, and not the two teams uh, that are involved, you know things like this can happen, and it's nobody's fault. You know the COVID nineteen hit, and uh, you know the Detroit Classic was canceled, and, and ultimately the, the Southern Heritage uh, was just canceled a couple of days ago. So uh, we've got to. Uh, try to figure out, you know, what we're going to do with those first two games. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, then, we'll, you know, we'll train and, and, and get ready for the game that's going to be in front of us. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, this this COVID is kind of taking over. You know, we're we're at his mercy right now. But hopefully we can, uh, you know, secure an opponent for week one and week two. So uh, we can, you know, between week one and week two, well, right now we don't have week one, week two, and week three may be questionable. And then you're looking at Jacksonville State as a first opponent. Yeah, <laughs> so, tough. Uh, yeah. You know, we got we to gotta get it figured out here pretty soon. But I know Doc, it's in capable hands with Dr. Allen, and uh, he'll get it taken care of. Yeah, is there – does it make sense to do – I mean, I know you're obviously we'd be looking or they'd be looking to do the Southern Heritage Classic uh, next year. Does it make sense to still play that game against Jackson State as maybe a – I don't know if you can do a home and home, but you know at least to play that game at somebody's stadium. You know, uh, you know, I, I think that that's been look, look, being looked at or been looked at. Uh, you know, I'm gonna have to leave that to the powers that be, but I, I think that's being discussed. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens with it. Okay. Of course, Rod Reed in his 11th season as the head football coach at Tennessee State joins us here on the HBCU Football. 
Daily Podcast. Have a happy fourth great weekend, and we look forward to talking with you in 2020. All right, man. Appreciate you having me on. Good convo with Rod Reed, the head football coach at Tennessee State here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Your thoughts on anything that he had to say, hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Follow us while you're there. Again, we're off tomorrow. Have a great 4th of July. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And we're going to do this thing again on Monday. We're going to take it to Columbia, South Carolina, and talk with Teddy Keaton, the head football coach at Allen. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU football. That's where you can download or listen at BoxToRow.com. Also, don't forget you can listen via iHeartMedia as well as Apple Podcasts. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll talk with you on Monday. Come on, ride with young bucks. Shot it, wanna ride with me, ride with me.